You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented, record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others from the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhaus, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we are bringing you some of the backstories of the Indians' 22-game win streak at the tail end of the 2017 season. It all coincides with the radio broadcasts of those games now running each night on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network and Indians.com. Now, in a little bit, Tom Hamilton will be joined by Indians pitching coach Mickey Calloway. And why Mickey on today's podcast? Well, last night's rebroadcast featured a 12-0 thrashing of the Royals, and that completed a three-game sweep of Kansas City, all three wins via the shutout. Just incredible work on the mound. And as was the case in so many of those 22 games that made up the streak, the Indians gave the pitching staff a lot to work with and got it rolling early offensively. And in win number four of the streak, it was no different. The Tribe leading 3-0 after one inning on to the second when Francisco Lindor stepped in. Frankie Lindor, he's got a pretty good chance to set a record this year for the Indians. The Indians' single-season home run record for a shortstop is 25, as Drupal Cabrera hit 25 for the Tribe in 2011, most ever by an Indian shortstop. Lindor has 23. Now the 1-2. Swung and blasted. Deep left center field. It is gone. Almost on cue, Frankie Lindor says. Hey, maybe we can tie or break that record today. A two-run missile over the 19-foot wall in left center. Number 24 for Francisco Lindor. And then later on in the inning, the inning still going. Tribe leading 8-0. Jan Gomes basically put the game away. Breeze blowing in on an overcast Sunday. Tribe routing the Royals 8-0. Bases loaded, one out in the second. The pitch. Swung and blasted to deep left. Away, back and gone. Jan Gomes has hit the Indians. Fifth grand slam. And the Indians have removed, if there was any doubt, leading it. 12 to nothing, a nine-run second inning. What a day, what an inning for Jan Gomes. Just remarkable, a 12-0 lead after two innings, and that pretty much was all she wrote, but despite all the hitting, pitching ruled the day again with Carlos Carrasco putting together a tremendous effort. The 0-1 swung on, popped him up. 
This is near the pitcher's mound. The shortstop Urshela on the grass area between second and the mound puts it away. My goodness, Carlos Carrasco. He is looking as good as we have seen this month outside of the game in St. Pete. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. This big crowd enjoying it. The Indians 12 and the Royals nothing on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. And in the end, with the shutout in order, the pen salted the game away in the ninth. Now the set. Now the 1-0 pitch. A swing and a fly ball to left field. Jackson's camped under it. He makes the catch. Ball game. What a weekend for the Tribe. They cap it off with a 12 to nothing demolition job of the Royals and sweep Kansas City and shut them out all three times. And it's the first time since 1956 against Washington that the Indians have recorded three straight shutouts against the same team. Just remarkable. Three straight shutouts in a weekend series. And as Tom mentioned, not something that happens all that often, or in this case, every 61 years. <laughs> the man in charge of that staff was pitching coach Mickey Calloway. 2017 was Mickey's fifth and final season as Indians pitching coach as he was named manager of the New York Mets following the season. But as he detailed in this great conversation with Hammy, the streak is something he'll always look back on and smile about what was accomplished. It feels like a lifetime ago for me, but, uh, you know, what great memories. And, uh, you know, I know we're talking about the streak here. Um, what a special event uh, in the history of baseball. Mickey, when, when you look back at it now and you've had some time to reflect and um, I mean, like, for instance, you guys gave up 37 total runs in 22 games, and you pitched seven shutouts. Is it hard to even comprehend it, even though you lived it? No, it, it really is. Um, it's something, you know, when you've done this game for as long as we have, um, it's something that seems unfathomable until you are a part of it. And uh, to go three weeks without losing a baseball game – is is just amazing you know I, I think that uh the way this game is played the grind um that it creates for the players um 22 in a row will probably never be done again you know at least in our lifetime or maybe yours tom but uh, <laughs> uh but I, I just don't think we're gonna see this again in our lifetime well you know mickey to have any kind of a winning streak you have to have good pitching um but i mean that that's almost to another level, isn't it? I mean, you as a pitching coach have seen a lot of things, and as a manager, you've seen a lot of things. But have you ever seen anything remotely close to that for that period of time? No, no, you just don't see that. And like you said, seven shutouts in twenty-two games, uh, giving up less home runs than runs scored during that twenty-two. Uh, game streak is is just unbelievable. I think our starters had like a 170 RA, and our relievers had under that a 1-1 or something. So to do, uh, you know, what our players did, um, like we've talked about before, is, is just a, an historic thing. And I think it was due to, um, you know, kind of the perfect storm. Uh, we had a great front office. 
um, great coaching staff, great players that focused on the day at hand, didn't get too wrapped up in themselves. They, they were all about the team. It was just a perfect storm of special people doing special things. And I was just glad to be there being a part of it, just sitting back and watching. It was great. Well, I mean, you were there for Corey Kluber and, and his Cy Young seasons. And, you know, he and Trevor Bauer were both 4-0. Mike Clevenger was 4-0. Um, Carlos Carrasco was 3-0. But it just seemed like back in those years, didn't the, the rest of the pitching staff just kind of follow the lead of, of Corey Kluber? They really did. And they kind of all fed off of each other at times. And it wasn't always Corey um, leading the way when they started clicking. clicking. Now, probably 90% of the time it was because he had such, such a good run um, and was such an amazing leader and set such a great example um, in his work ethic, the way he handled uh, controversy on the field. Um, it was just unbelievable. So he did set the tone most of the time, but we had other guys that were capable of it too. Like you said, Mike Clevenger had a great streak in there and, and continued to push people. Trevor Bauer also had that ability and did that during that time and, and other times with us. Um, Carlos Carrasco who um, has done amazing things in an Indian uniform also led the charge um, during that time and they just continued to feed off of each other and then you had that bullpen that was special and we, that was minus um, Andrew Miller during that time I think he threw one inning so um, it was just a, a, a rare occurrence where everybody was totally feeding off of one another and uh, trying to outdo one another in a little bit of a friendly competition. <laughs> Mickey, because two of those guys in particular are still here. You know, Carlos Carrasco went 3-0 and and gave up two runs in 29 innings of four starts. And he's kind of almost flown under the radar a little bit because of the dominant starting pitching we have had here. But, um, I mean, on a lot of ball clubs, he's an ace. No, you're exactly right. And he pitched like an ace for us for about four or five years there. Um, you know, I think you look up, and he was probably a top five pitcher in the game as far as the overall numbers in that three- or four-year span. Um, but uh, he, he's, he's a bulldog, and uh, he and I worked along really well. I love being around this guy every day. Another guy that was a worker. Um, he went out there with great stuff and attacked the way we wanted him to. And uh, he, he's a pleasure. I keep in touch with him uh, quite often and text him every now and again. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, what he's gone through recently and overcome is kind of uh, the story of who Carlos Carrasco is. He's a pretty amazing guy. You know, Mick, if you're a pitching coach, um, you can't just have one flavor suits them all. I mean, because those guys, I mean, you couldn't have much more distinct personalities than some of those starters had. And, and Mike Clevenger certainly is one of those. But he was 4-0. He gave up one run. And that was kind of the emergence of Mike Clevenger, wasn't it? It really was. I think it's the first time we saw what Mike Clevenger could be. Now we're seeing that 
uh, on a year by year basis. I mean, the kid is just a beast, but uh, it was really where he started to emerge, like you said, and, and saw that, oh man, this kid can do something special at the major league level. And we saw that for the first time during that streak, I believe, and uh, he's kind of carried it over. Mick, you mentioned something about they kind of fed off each other and, and there was friendly competition. Can, can you go into that in a little more detail? Um, did you I, sense that, that, that there was some competition there? I really did, you know, and I thought I felt like that person going out there that night didn't want to be the one to <laughs> lose the streak. And, you know, having said that, there's a lot of pressure um, involved in that. But I really felt like our guys did a great job of focusing on the next pitch. You know, it was something that we preached a lot. Focus on the day, stay in the moment, focus on the next pitch, and you'll be able to handle those pressure situations. And it seemed like our guys thrived in those. And, and I thought they thrived in those throughout the playoffs, the, the years we made it. I definitely felt like they thrived in those pressure situations during this streak. And it was because of their mentality. You know, we worked really hard. We put a team together of uh, people that could help the mental side of the game uh, with the Cleveland Indians. And it paid off for us big time. Um, in a lot of wins and, and, you know, creating young men that can uh, overcome whatever challenges they have to face. Mick, you mentioned pressure. Was there any point there where you're thinking to yourself, this guy, they're all concerned about not being that guy that has a bad outing? Because, I mean, to, to go three weeks with nobody having a bad outing is almost uh, a phenomenon onto its own. Were you worried at all that – are these guys putting too much of a burden on themselves at all? Absolutely not. You know, they looked relaxed. There was pressure on a nightly basis. But like I said before, we really armed these guys to, to be able to handle these situations. And we're, we're diligent about that. So I just sat back for 22 days. It was great. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I loved it. You know, when, when something special like that happens, it's the players. It's not the coach and staff. It's, it's definitely the players. And to be able to sit there and see that as a coach, and I want every one of my players that I've ever been around to have success and to sit there and be able to, to kind of prop your feet up, sit back and just watch and chart the games while, while they're doing their thing is, is an amazing feeling. Did you do anything different, or did you try to keep the same routine? Are you superstitious? How did you handle all of this? Um, the only superstitious thing that happened during that streak was, I, like I said, I, I usually keep a, a pitching chart in the dugout, and uh, my, my pen I was using was getting a little old. And um, Josh Tomlin bought me a new pencil to do the chart with a new pen, and I started using that pen the day we went on the streak, and we won 22 in a row. So it was really the magic pen that uh, did it all. Uh, but that was really the only superstitious part. You know, I think that uh, we always tried to prepare these guys the best we could, and uh, we do that um, by having advanced meetings, you know, studying the other teams and things like that, and being super prepared going into a series. But the one thing that I changed during this uh, series, and I, and I did this in the playoffs as well when we had a lot of success, 
was I pulled back on the information. You know, we were going so well at the time. I stopped having um, advanced meetings. Wow. Just let these guys, I mean, when they're, when they're spinning up zeros, you know, seven inning shutouts and things like that and throwing seven shutouts um, and the starters are clicking, less information is better. You know, the worst thing you can do as a coach is to overcoach. Um, I really believe in that. And it's hard to sit back um, sometimes, but you have to allow guys to, to do their thing. And that's what we did during this streak. You know, we kind of sat back. Jason Beret and I pulled back on the information. We knew everybody was clicking on all cylinders, and we just wanted them to go out there and pitch to their strengths. And that's what they did. And, and the byproduct of, of that was a great um, streak of 22 games uh, pitching. Well, that's interesting. So in some ways it was like then, look, see if you can beat us rather than us worry about what you can do to, to harm us. Exactly. You know, I think the, the holy grail of pitching is to be able to go out there, understand what you can do, pitch to your strengths. And if you pitch and execute pitches, hitting's the hardest thing to do in the world. So if you're really focusing on your strengths, first and foremost, you're going to have success. One of the things Corey Kluber did so well, you know, it was more about his strengths than anything. And once he started clicking, then he could lay on, layer on some information. But, uh, you know, when you're pitching to your strengths and ex executing pitches, it doesn't matter who the hitter is, you're going to get out. So uh, we really wanted those guys to feel that and do that um, throughout their careers. And, and I feel like they did that, especially during that stretch. You know, and it's got to be a nightmare in a way for a pitching coach if you look ahead. But, I mean, you were looking at really no off days. We had games being jammed in there because of rainouts. We had back-to-back doubleheaders with a day off in between. And yet, Ryan Merritt comes up, makes two starts, gives up one run, and wins two games. It didn't seem to matter who pitched. It really didn't. You know, and I, I, I credit the players' mentality to that. You know, a lot of players, a lot of teams would have been like, oh, no, we've got 20 games in a row or we've got double headers and, you know, there's no off days and start feeling sorry for themselves. But uh, the Cleveland Indians did not do that. We, we went out there every day, focused on the day at hand, the task at hand, the opponent, and uh, kicked some butt. It was great. Mickey, you've, you've been on both sides of it now, both as a manager filling out a lineup card and trying to think about sometimes, hey, maybe we, we lose this battle but win the war. Um, and now you were pitching coach during all of that. I mean, were there times that you, you sat there and you went, well, th this can't go on because of who we've got to play or who we've got to have pitch or who we have to give a day off? Or did it just kind of take on a life of its own? You know, I think it just kind of, took a life of its own you know um I'm, I'm not sure how many guys played during that streak but the Cleveland Indians were very proactive in resting people and making sure that they stayed fresh so I'm sure maybe only one or two guys played during that uh, all you know played every inning of that 22 games so uh, everybody was fresh and clicking on all cylinders and that's really the way to do it you know you got to have guys contribute like you said Ryan Merritt comes up and does a great job or Urshela comes in and and you know plays as often as he can and during that streak but uh, you know it's something where rest and recovery is something you have to be diligent about and I think that also helps our ability to win that streak. You know, if every person would have played every inning of that streak, that streak never happens. Yeah. So 
uh, you just can't do it. So uh, rest and recovery is big. I really, really started to learn that as a manager. You know, I didn't think about it much as a pitching coach. I was just like, ah, go out there and play, you know. <laughs> you have a different feeling when you become a manager. You're filling out that lineup, like you said. And uh, that is a big thing to having success is rest and recovery. Sometimes you don't want to give a guy day off because you feel like you need a win. But like you said, you have to win the war. And sometimes uh, you have to do what's right, um, even though, you know, you would rather do it a different way um, to, to win as many games as you can. You look at it now, you think back to it now, and, and, and you look at the upcoming seasons. It's kind of hard to fathom anybody ever touching that again, isn't it? Yeah, I really don't think, uh, like I said, I don't think anybody's going to do it in our lifetime. Um, you know, it might never be broken again. You know, I realize the the other 26-game uh, winning streak that uh, is supposedly the record <laughs> had a tie middle of 12 and 14 games, which um, is not very impressive to me. <laughs> I feel like ours is the true record. But, uh, you know, I just don't, don't see it happening again. You know, it's, it's just too hard to stay that healthy and have that much depth and have those many players that can pitch at that uh, quality of a level. Are there special games, special moments, anything when you reflect back that kind of jump out at you and, and uh, make it even that much more special? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there, there's a, a few special times, you know, Ryan Merritt coming in, like you said, um, doing what he did, you know, Jay Bruce's double was, was awesome. Um, but, uh, just, and, uh, to not do it for three weeks, that was the special part of it is to not have to go home that night, sit in your hotel room and think about the loss that uh, just happened. You didn't have to do that for three weeks. That was the, the best thing about the streak. Man, Mickey really hit the nail on the head right there. That just doesn't happen in baseball. So that's our look back at win number four of the 22. And if you're listening to this podcast on Friday, May the 8th, when it drops, don't forget to tune in tonight to the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network and Indians.com. It's game five of the streak. As the Indians hit the road, they head to the Big Apple for a three-game series with the Yankees and the start of an 11-game road trip. Surely, a tough spot for any team to keep winning, but not the 2017 Tribe in late August and early September. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Streak. Thanks, as always, going out to Brian Matze and Bob Coates over at iHeartMedia for their production help. Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR. And thanks to former Tribe pitching coach Mickey Calloway for stopping by and Tom Hamilton, too. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you next time on the streak. The Indians' historical streak marches on. Thanks for listening to the Streak Podcast, the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Your companion to the nightly game broadcasts on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.